0: Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu Blake. Hello
1: and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Today's episode, Blake and I are joined by Cage Warriors legend Paddy the Baddy Pimlet. And you're in for a treat. It's an absolutely wonderful natter. But, Blake, before we get to Paddy... Like, we've just come off the back of a big weekend, right? We've got to talk about that card, yeah?
2: Oh, Nelly. Nelly Furtado. That was some card, wasn't it? I mean, I said last week, I think that this is going to be like a sneaky good card. It was more than sneaky. It leapt up and need you and I poked you right in the face. So, uh, Quite literally. Yeah, it, quite literally. I mean... I mean, going through the the main card. I mean, there was a couple of decent fights on the prelims as well. I mean, mm. Jordan versus Rosa and stuff like that. Oh. I mean, there was there was some some great ones. Uh, uh, but I mean, if we're going onto the main card, obviously we're looking at starting with the English guys. We're an English podcast. That's what we're going to do. I mean, Darren Stewart. We do talk about this with Paddy in a bit, but yeah, d- Darren Stewart. You have got a feel for him in the in the way that it went, but also. I it, it looked like Eric Anders was getting the best of that fight after and Stuart had him rocked early it seemed but then yeah, yeah what were your thoughts on the the knee and how the fight was going
1: I thought there was two monsters in that octagon uh, yeah. and, and they, that that they were throwing um exciting but from as as a fan's perspective uh which is obviously the the, the base of this podcast we're armchair fans and from where I was sitting you know course i wanted the brick guy to win but i thought Stuart was starting to find himself in a bit of a situation and yeah. uh and and obviously that situation certainly didn't need the the knee um you know certainly you know this this is a week after the, the the yan knee incident and yeah i mean obviously we're gonna we you know we won't go into it too much on the intro because we do talk knees and and, you know, illegal knees with, with, with Paddy because I know when it first happened, he was quite vocal on the, on the social yeah. media with us uh, about that. But, yeah, big, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, an end to a fight that no fighter wants.
2: No, and we do also discuss with Paddy, the, the, which something that I, I, I was a bit confused over. Why is Jan versus Sterling a disqualification and a belt changes hands? Why was uh, Eric Anders, Darren Stewart just a no contest? Uh, but we go into that with, with Paddy. He's got some interesting things to say about it. Then we had uh, Manel Cape lo- uh, losing his second fight. Everyone was really high on him coming in. I, I thought he won this one, though. I I, I thought that was a-, a bit of an iffy decision from, from the judges. Um, and also, let's, I mean, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but, I mean, can we just get on to Davy Grant? I mean, whoa. Oh, man. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, he was down at the end of the first, he looked rocked. And then in the set, but I mean, he came out the the, the first round was great from both of them. I mean, he was throwing some really interesting, like spinning kicks to the thigh and all this kind of a stuff. Ableak like, kicks. Yeah. There was yeah. some,
1: some, some really dynamic stuff.
2: It was really dynamic. He seemed to be, I mean, he didn't look like a 35 year old man in there. I mean, I'm i I'm a 35 year old man and I was getting tired just watching him. But, um, he, uh, <laughs> I mean that that knockout was something when it, when he's been knocked down in the first and to come back in the second and and do that that was pretty special and I I think if I'm not mistaken he was an underdog in that fight as well and yep. also I mean David Grant is more known for his grappling than his KOs and yet I think he might have three KOs on the bounce now and like he'd not had a KO like ever yeah. and. He's he's got like three on the bounce now or something like that. Yeah. So I mean he's clearly doing well with his striking coach and uh, he's looking great. He's looking great.
1: And I, I know that me and you are all about the the the, the, the love as well. And and I mean post fight interview. I mean on the oh. on the good bloke on the good blokeometer. I mean he's a straight ten, isn't he?
2: What a lovely bloke. <laughs> I, I I mean I think I remember seeing him on the Ultimate Fighter years ago and I, mm. I, I, I maybe I don't remember him maybe getting enough airtime. Or maybe it was one of those things where the Americans were subtitling him or something like that, because that's what Americans do with British accents a lot of the time. But like, he he just seems like the nicest guy. Yeah. Like everything about him makes me go, Oh, can we like go for a drink when the pubs open up and stuff? Like <laughs> he won't want to go for a drink with me. He'll be like, get out of here, you weirdo. But I'll be like, oh Davy, please. <laughs> Let's go for a drink. He just seems like such a lovely bloke. Um and he was talking about his kids as well. Yeah, I just thought, yeah, as you say, he's, he's broken the nice guyometer with that interview, is not he?
1: One bit of airtime that I didn't need was just as the interview is finished, the little Pandan, let's have a quick look at that foot.
2: Oh, yeah, he's, he's not coming back for a while, is he, with that foot? I mean, I'm ho- hopefully it looks worse than what it is. He says it was probably broken, um, it looked bad, it looked really yeah. swollen. Um, so hopefully it's not as bad as it looks because he's on a real roll, and you want to see him, again, it's that age of literally age-old thing. He's he's yeah. not getting any younger. He's towards the tail end of his career now. You want to see him get as many good fights as possible, especially when he's getting knockouts and, and doing really well, so fingers crossed for David Grant. We're, we're hoping for a quick recovery there. Absolutely. And then And then two absolute, well, including David Grant's three, but like first round, Dan Ige was about twenty seconds. The first punch he threw just laid him out.
1: I mean, former guest Scrobius Pip nailed it on Twitter. Um, in in this event, more straight rights than there is at a Trump rally.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love that tweet. Oh, Pip! Pip nailed that. Absolutely nailed it. Um, and I mean, that was a straight right, wasn't it? Oh, Fucking man. Hell.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, it was it Gavin Tucker he was fighting and uh, he seemed to come in with a bit of a looping hook. And uh, yeah, th- 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 that's what they say, isn't it? The straight shots get there quicker. And, and boy, did it. Cause you can see that he threw through second, the other guy threw first, but that looping shot just takes longer to get there. And he went straight down the pipe and, uh, oh, that was, that was a, that was a bad one. That, 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 was, that was all she wrote, mate. That's what knockout. that was. And then, uh, Ryan Span as well, Superman Span. just, uh, another, and I, I was kind of half thinking, I know Misha sirkinoff has been out for a while, but I, I thought Sirkinoff might get it done and mm-hmm. Span's just uh, taking no prisons. And it was immediately after like a low blow or something as well. We had that yeah. little bit of a weird break in proceedings and it seems like Span just went, oh, I can't be bothered with this. I don't want to get kicked there again. Uh, yeah. let's just end it now. Yeah. um, and then the bit that we were all waiting for and ended like no one thought or wanted or anything was Leon Edwards' return after about, what, like 600 days or something like that against Bilal Muhammad and that, that eye poke looked horrendous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I think I even mentioned it when we're talking to Paddy, like crying blood. Oh, I mean, it was, it, uh, you rarely hear a fighter get struck and then collapse crying. No, uh, I,
2: I would it direct... Was awful. It was really awful. And because it was an eye poke, it was even worse. And I don't know if it means I'm going to hell, but because I, I wasn't laughing at this one at all, so I think this was serious and really bad. But the Raymond Chandler Bellator spinning kick to the balls, I can't remember who it was that he was fighting, but that guy went down and was crying and literally shouting, oh God, oh God, oh God. And I can't, there's something evil in me that just found that really funny. So if you've got a dark side, go and watch the Raymond Chandler spinning kick to the balls. And unfortunately, I think you will laugh. I really hope that guy's okay though. I'm saying this now and I have no idea what his recovery is like. I hope he can like father children and stuff. But um, but yeah, that was a bad one. But this one was... Oh. Because it was an eye poke, it was just it wasn't funny. It was horrendous. It was really stomach churning hearing him call out yeah. like that. It was it was yeah. really bad. And but I mean, I I, I personally <clears throat> no ill will towards Leon Edwards. These mm-hmm. eye pokes they happen. We get into this with Paddy later. We talk about the glove yeah. situation and what could possibly be done about it. But I I, I think eye pokes happen. You see, and people going on Twitter and saying. Oh, but he was already warned once and then he did it again. Oh, he's a dirty fighter. No, he's not. These things, it happens with John Jones. It's happened with Steve Pay. It's happened with DC. It happens all the time. Eye pokes just happen. And I really hope there's something that can be done about it. And we talk mm-hmm. about this later in the podcast with Paddy. But as it stands, we have to just accept that these things happen and hope that. These fighters get the best care afterwards that they possibly can, and that everyone in the octagon is just doing their absolute best to make sure it doesn't happen. And I, I don't think Leon Edwards was doing anything wrong with with that combination. I think it was a kick when his eye, when his hand went into his eye, and yeah, it's just a real shame.
1: Well, before we get on with uh, the episode, just quickly, if this is your first time listening uh, to the MMA fan podcast. Welcome. Um, you've missed a couple of episodes. You can go back and you can, uh, hear us talking to, um, MMA super fan, uh, Scroobius Pip. Uh, you can hear us talking to Brad one punch Pickett. Uh, you can hear us talking to Laura Checkley. Um, you can, who else, who else? Am I Emily missing?
2: head, Emily head Emily in between head, us,
1: of course, buddy. Of course. Um, and Emily and Laura are both uh, MMA virgins. So um, it's not on this uh, particular episode, but on other episodes, we, we drop a feature in called Fight or Flight where we bring in, a, a like I say, an, an MMA virgin and we make them watch an incredible fight and then we, we discuss their thoughts and opinions on it. So go and listen to, uh, to the first couple of episodes for, um, for them chats because there's some, some cracking natters there. But right now... Well, we've got a superstar, haven't we?
2: Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, here is the Scouse legend, Paddy the Baddy Pimbley.
3: How you doing, Paddy? I'm, I'm brilliant, lad.
1: Good, good, well, good. Nice My weight's nice
3: it. and low, lad, so I've got nothing to stress about at the minute, lad. Uh, like I say, it's, I'm happy days at the minute, as you can tell, I'm nice and I'm looking skinny
1: lovely lovely well paddy we're recording this on um, mother's day and this is coming after two weekends of controversial stoppages due to knees in the ufc and i know that um you you chimed in on 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 our social media about um Jans last week and yeah. what i just want to sort of ask you really is you know as as Blake and I have have never stepped foot in in an octagon. We are armchair fans. And there was a lot of controversy around um, Jan's Corner saying that they were saying knee. Um, and obviously, the, the 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 Darren Stewart one didn't appear to be like that. I just want to ask you a what your thoughts were on on both of those incidents, and and just the relationship with your with your corner, and how much of what they say during the fight is getting through to you, and what you can hear, and how much of it are you just lost in the fight?
3: Well, to be honest, when it comes to the corner, I I have a few voices what do stand out. Know what I mean? Like. My coach, Paul Rimmer, Ella Sampson, Adam Ventry, Chris Williams, you know what I mean? Like, all them, they're, like, people who are generally in my corner and their voices do stick out from a crowd, you know what I mean? Then I always uh, hear my girlfriend, come on, Paddy, (laughs) and my dad, come on, Patrick, you know what I mean? I know because it's Patrick, but, um, yeah, so when you hear instructions like that from the voices, what you know, especially when there's no crowd, you're going to do what they say, like, I can't speak Russian, so I don't know I don't know what PT Yan's corner said. I heard Khabib come out and said that he said to me, Um in that position, I think Yan was very stupid to throw a knee when he could have just continuously punched. It did look like Sterling was looking for him to do that though. He was in a he was going into like a fetal position and just getting down in that position. It it was a bit strange. I don't like the way Sterling jumped on the floor. Like he could have won a Razzie for that. Serious. That was some bad act and that. Don't care what anyone says. He was. Um, I've seen people take clean shots to the head and jump up quicker than that. That was a uh, that was embarrassing for me to be honest. like uh, I, I compared him to Neymar. What Neymar does when he jumps on the floor and rolls around when he hardly gets kicked just to get another player book. Uh And the fact that he said after it, "I don't want to take the belt like this," and then there's pictures of him everywhere with his hands up saying, and now he's saying Peter Yan doesn't deserve a rematch. I've never heard nothing like
2: it. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, I, I, I thought that the moment where I stopped feeling sorry for him bec- was was when I saw the pictures of him with the belt. And you're like, because I felt like the way he dealt with it in the cage was brilliant. The way he threw down the belt, he, you know, he, he, he said he didn't want to win the belt that way. It's not his fault that he got kneed in the head. Um, and, and also, I think that I, I hate even with the, the Darren Stewart one last night, I I'm not a fan of the onus being on the fighter to continue or not. I think if you've suffered an illegal blow, especially like a knee to the head, whether it's slightly blocked or whether it's kind of half knocked you out or not, I think that's a ref and a doctor's decision. And putting the pressure on the fighter, you get moments like Anthony Smith, who was lauded for being a bit of a warrior or whatever. But as we've heard, you know, being a warrior doesn't necessarily pay your mortgage when you then go back home. And, you know, Sterling now, rightly or wrongly, he's going to be on the pay-per-view points. He absolutely should be rematching yarn, but he's, he's there's an argument to be said that like, well, in a way, He's done the right thing in terms of I've been illegally here. It will have an impact on the fight. And I'm now just going to go away and we'll have to do it again because you, the champion, fucked up.
3: I think in that situation when it, a belt is changing hands, it's you can DQ them, but the belt should become vacant. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you should be at life. I know it sounds stupid, but wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> In WWE, you can't win a belt off a DQ, and that's fake. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think you should be able to win a belt off a DQ unless it is absolutely like intentional. Like, it should yeah. go to the scorecards if anything. Yeah, it should go to the scorecards and see what the scorecards were at that point. Because in my eyes and my view, PTM was four rounds up. Yeah. I don't see how Still and won a single round of that fight. Well, that's
2: another interesting thing that happened last night, which, I, I mean, I, I don't know enough to know exactly why this is. I've heard a couple of things, but the Darren Stewart one last night, that wasn't a DQ, that was a no contest. And they're saying, oh, well, it was in round one, so you don't necessarily go to the scorecards or something like that. But then I've heard other people say, well, no, obviously, if you do something illegal and it looks intentional, that is a disqualification. But how can you throw a knee unintentionally? Yeah, like eric anders threw that knee all right he didn't intend for it to be an illegal shot but peter yarn didn't intend for it to be an illegal shot they both seem exactly. to make mistakes so i mean i don't know if you know or if you have an opinion on it why is one okay to be a disqualification and one a no
3: contest it's just the ref's discretion yeah. as far as i'm aware it's the ref's discretion and here Dean saw so, that one as a no contest and I think because last week that the referee did say to Jan, he's a damned opponent, mm. don't throw it. I think that's what made him DQ him. And then with the one last night, Herb never said nothing like that, so he just threw the knee. And it got called a no contest because he never got prior warning towards it. But I, I'm I'm all for them, so sort the of knees. Yeah. I, I like, putting your hand down and you need that, I'm all for that. Like pride reels, I'd love to fight Pride reels, lad. I think Strong I've heard you that.
2: I that's bad say I think I've heard you say in an interview before you quite enjoy the idea of doing a soccer kick.
3: Yeah, I I would love that lad. Like it'd be it wouldn't be nice to be on the the end of one, but no. throwing them would be be good, you know what I mean? I used to love watching pride fights and yeah. they're a bit yeah. before my time, you know what I mean? I never I never really like got to watch any pride pride events live, but from what I've watched, that like, the the more entertaining than a lot of UFC fights are.
2: Yeah, well, I've heard. I think Demetrius Johnson came out and said uh, that basically agrees with everything you just said. That that you you should be able to knee a downed opponent. I think you can do that in
3: one championship as well. You can, yeah, you yeah. can. You can knee to the head in one championship. That's what he's getting at. Yeah, because um, like it's it's half a st- Like what what uh, for me, what Stalin was doing. He was stalling mm. He was stalling in that position. Like he didn't want to. He didn't want to stand back up because Jan was getting the better of the striking and he didn't want to keep going for the takedown because he was gassing himself out, going for the takedown all the time and failing. So he was just going to that position to stall. He was putting his hand down or putting his yeah. knee down. And a lot of people use that rule to not get kneed. I've done it myself yeah. when I got shot in for the takedown and I haven't got it. I've just put my hand on the floor, no one full well that the opponent can't beat me in the head. It is half a stalling tactic and yeah. I, I think it should be took out the game. You know what I mean?
1: We also saw uh, a, a, another just awful end to a fight last night, obviously, with Leon Edwards. Um, and I just want to ask you as well, in regards to sort of eye pokes, um, obviously, um, Leon got warned last night already not to do it. Um, and then, obviously, I'm not saying it was intentional at all. Um, but not never have put in on uh, a pair of MMA gloves before. How easy are things like this to happen? Because, we, you know, we, we do see it on, on most cards, there, there'll be a, not necessarily a stoppage, but there'll be somebody will get an eye poke. Like, is it, do different organisations' gloves have different impact on, on how your fingers are? And, and I just want to get your kind of take on it, really, I, Paddy.
3: I've see, I seen it, um, i seen, I think, Lewis Smolker putting on Twitter that he'd like to change the seven-ounce gloves because it'd have more padding, but I, I think that's quite stupid, it would, it's completely changes the sport then, mm. doubling the ounce in the gloves just over fingers, you know what I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't do that, we need to stick to four ounces, if there's another way that we can modify the gloves, so that that doesn't happen, then yeah, I'm all for it, but we can't be changing the size of the gloves, because of a, a few eye pokes, you know what I mean, yeah. there, there is a, like, that Long last night was terrible, Um <sighs> But he didn't mean it you know what i mean it was an honest mistake he, that's what you do you stick your hand out to throw a kick that that's what people do um he didn't expect bala Muhammad to come in so close when he's done that it it comes from because obviously most of the time when we spar, we wear boxing gloves nobody spars in four ounces you know what i mean and then if we do spar in um in like eight ounces with the fingers out nine times out of ten you're wearing head guards because of head clashes and stuff like that so it doesn't really happen in training it just happens in fights and there's there's, there's nothing you can do about it I think personally because people are always going to do that to gauge the range Yeah, you're always going to stick your hand out I, I do it everyone does it it's just nowadays like obviously as what happened last night you, don't, you get told not to do that and you get told to do yeah. that so your fingers are pointing in the, in the sky but there's when someone steps in as you stick your hand out there's not much you can do about that mm. so it, like people saying that we need bigger gloves and stuff like that, I don't agree with. If there's a good modification that we can do to the gloves, then yeah, I'm all for it. But at the minute it's just it's literally human error. You you can't it's just like getting kicked in the balls. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? People get kicked in the balls, like every every show, at least one or two fights, there's a few groin shots. Yeah. Stuff like that. Same with punches to the back of the head. Um, Hasgrat uh, hasgra- uh, yeah. moaned at one point over getting punched in the back of the head on the feet but it was because he'd turned and then got it in the back of the head yeah. there's nothing you can do about stuff like that I, I I don't see like what we can do about it to be honest because we're not going to wear boxing gloves because then we can't grapple properly and effectively Yeah, I, I
2: know Trevor Whitman was on Joe Rogan with Justin Gaethje a while back and he's designed his own MMA gloves apparently and he's hoping that the ufc picks them up i don't know exactly what the differences are i'd have to research it and stuff and people can go away and do that but um yeah there's definitely something where joe rogan basically said these are the best things i've ever seen and i don't know why they're not in circulation at the moment and i think trevor whitman's had offers to have them in uh other organizations but i think his idea is well I want them to be in the UFC first because then that kind of really legitimizes the glove as like the best glove or something. So uh, so I think he's waiting on that deal. But but hopefully there might be some kind of change out there that keeps it four ounce and benefits everyone and
3: saves the eyes and all that stuff in the future. Well, even more so now after what happened last night, because that is one of the worst ones I've ever mm. seen. Yeah. Um, like That was terrible last night, but it was completely unintentional. After last night, they might take Trevor Whitman up on his offer and have a look at them. Trevor Whitman's a, p- a pioneer of the sport, no know what I mean? They have not talked on most UFC events, so it wouldn't surprise me if they did try and bring that in, to be honest.
1: Yeah. He- hearing a fighter crying instantly like that, and then look up and he's crying blood, I mean, oh that was God. pretty fucking horrific, wasn't it?
3: It was. Like, I-, I watched it this afternoon and was just like, I-, I would hate for that to happen to me because... Like there's all the heart like I felt sorry for Leon. I know he didn't get poked yeah, in the eye. Me too. But he's been he's been out for over six hundred days. And then he finally gets in there. No one will fight him. He finally gets in there with someone. He has a perfect first round. He looked great. He uh, looked really good. Look boss, yeah. Had a perfect first round. And then he throws a body kick in the second round. And as he Puts his hand out for um, for his range. It goes in the opponent's eye, and the opponent can't continue. Oh, I, I felt so badly on there, to be honest. Mm. Yeah,
1: I mean, you spoke about him being out for so long. I know when we spoke briefly before Blake, you was quite interested in asking Paddy about the kind of time side and stuff.
2: Yeah, well, obviously you had you your hand injury you've had surgery and stuff and i remember i i, yeah. I saw like i think cage warriors did a, a a fantastic uh kind of short like documentary on, on like your time out and gearing up towards a fight i think it might have been towards your the, the fight that was it joe like that, she, never, like, happened. The fight that never happened yeah <laughs> which we can get on to later but what yeah. i um what fascinates me about fighters i think they're just so mentally strong and what you what you go through in the lead up to the cage whether it be like the weight cuts and preparing to to fight in general. As someone that's, you know, I've never been great with confrontation. So I look at fighters and I go, wow, how do you, how do, you do that by choice? And um, I just think, ha- how how do you get through these times where you're like, I, the thing that I love to do, I'm not allowed to do, right? I literally my my body or the doctors, whatever it is, they're telling me I can't do it. How do you go through that period of time? Because I'm assuming that was a difficult time to get through.
3: It's the worst. Because, obviously, mentally, you you just want to do it. Yeah. You want to do it so much, lad. Like, you want to train. Like, I've, I've been through months, like, periods where it's been months where I couldn't train because my hands are that bad. Like, I've had three hand surgeries now. Oh. Two on my right hand and one on my left hand. And, um, like, I went into... I went in, When I fought Soren back, I went into that fight with a broken hand three months post-surgery. You know what I mean? Um, my hand was still absolutely cabbaged. Even the last fight with Decky Dalton, I never got my hand looked at before I fought. But when I got my hand looked at two months later, I got told I had ligament damage and needed surgery again. So I went into that fight with a fucked up hand. But um, after I fought back, I was at the lowest of the low. You know what I mean? I fought back, obviously. I lost that fight and I come so close to winning it in the first round. But as you you know, my hand was cabbaged. So when I was squeezing the choke, I couldn't get the full squeeze on it. And then come out for the second, third, fourth round. And as the fight went on, my arms just died. And uh, the months after that, lad, I just, like, I was crying every morning when I woke up. My me would bedded, me bedded, get up out of bed, go to work, give me a kiss, burn, and, and I'd and just cry my eyes out in my me, me room. Just like, oh, that really happened to me. Like, how can you be that unlucky? You know what I mean? And then I had to wait months to get surgery again on that hand. And then finally, as you know, I was gearing up to fight. And then I, I that was another wake-up. What's like this one? Now everything went perfect. everyone was brilliant. Went into that fight feeling as fit as, as I've ever felt and more prepared than I've, I've ever felt. And my opponent weighed in eleven pounds heavier than me.
2: And I saw. I saw. I think I saw you had a bit of an altercation because he had two hours to then go and cut that extra weight. And he yeah. didn't even seem to try, did he? He just sat down. Did he no, sit down he and eat a chocolate try. bar or something? Like that? Or I might be he making it up.
3: Huh? He, he sat down and started eating a brownie. Fucking hell. <laughs> drinking water. Yeah. He weighed He weighed in at... What did he weigh in? Because I weighed in at 154.7. I weighed in under. And he weighed in at once, 164.9 or something. So we weighed in like 11 pounds heavier than me, 10 pounds over the weight limit. And we, let, we said to him, Go and make 160. Like, I've made 150 foot, 154 points, something. Go and make 160, and the fight's on. Know what I mean? The fight's still on. Go and make 160. And he just sat down, started drinking water, and meeting something, And my, my corner man, my Adam, went straight over to him and What are you doing? And his coach went, well, What are you going to make him stop eating? And he was like, well, Not going to make him stop eating, lad, but the fight's off then, isn't it? He? You fucking idiot. Yeah,
2: be a professional. And then he was like,
3: yeah. yeah, exactly. And then he started shouting, like, The worst thing about that was, lad, he was blatantly lying because he said, I've fainted three times in the sauna. That's what he said. And then as soon as, obviously, I said, what are you doing, Zinkin?" he's jumped up on his toes and me like, what, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I just went, that's not a man who's just fainted three times. Yeah. At all. You wouldn't have that much energy because I've fainted doing a wake-up before. And, like, I had one eye looking this way and one eye looking that way. Yeah. And, like like looked terrible looked like I'd just come out of a prisoner of war camp and like you've got him him sitting there arguing the toss shouting back and forth I was like we all know everyone in this room knows that you have not done that much weight and you just like what he was saying was um, no one else will fight you will no one else will fight you yeah, take the fight then take the fight so that's what the the reason that never ended up happening was because he done that strategically yeah He he, he knew we weren't going to make weight, so we thought, yeah, I'll just come in heavy and because no one else will fight him, he'll take the fight. And uh, in the end, it wasn't even my decision. Again, another time, I was crying my eyes out because I got the phone call off my coach and my manager, and they both just said, listen, we're not letting you take this fight. It's your first fight back in over a year, and we're not letting you take a fight against someone who's missing weight by that much. So again, I was back in the hotel room crying my eyes out, just like, I'm not fighting again. What the fuck?
2: Oh, that absolutely sucks, mate. I, 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 how, how do you, because obviously, like, we, we're in the middle of, well, hopefully it's not the middle. Hopefully it's like towards the end of it. But, uh, you know, the pandemic's been going on a year now and loads of people are feeling shit. How do you, those difficult times, do you have a trick? Do you have a thing of you, do you look back on in, in hindsight and recognize something where you've gone, that's helped get me through it? Food. Food, really?
3: <laughs> oh, lad, I swear to God, you should have seen how fat I went that weekend. <laughs> Literally just that, that one weekend. Oh, Luckily man. enough, I've got, I've got a good set of mates around me, lad. Yeah. I've got a good gym, good teammates. Um, I've got a brilliant family and fiancé who were there to support me 24-7, know what I mean? If it, if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I'd be right now. Are you um, good at
2: talking but- about issues like because i mean we're hearing this whole thing is it's okay not to be okay and there's a big um movement at the moment to get men talking about you know opening up to people don't bottle it up you know male suicide rates are very high uh, and
3: i had to learn to to speak about it yeah. because like i said when i fought back i was just crying to myself and i wasn't speaking to anyone about it and i was yeah. just bottling everything up i was too embarrassed Know what I mean? I was too embarrassed to go and speak to me missus about it, or speak to me mum and dad, or even any of my mates. Know what I mean? I was thinking like, like as you do, as everyone else thinks. I'm a fighter. Yeah. I I shouldn't feel like this. Know what I mean? I, I'm people look up to me as a as a tough dude who should be able to fight through all this. But I'll be honest, when I did, it it's weird. You know, the way people say, "Get it off your chest." Yeah. It genuinely does work. Like. You feel a weight come off your shoulders when you speak to someone. It's like, wow, that's mad. Like you start talking to someone, and like it's like a burden's being took off you. Yeah? It, it's 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 mad. It's it's hard to explain, but like I am a big advocate for that now. Like I'm doing a skydive in May for the Men Matter organization. Oh, brilliant! Uh, well o- done, mate. O- over yeah. the past year, obviously, as you know, with COVID and stuff. A lot, a lot of people who I know of being affected by male suicide and it's something that not spoke about enough so a lot I can I never put on a post up saying anyone needs to speak just message me like you don't need you don't need to go and speak to anyone if you don't want to be embarrassed just message me and I got a lot of messages about it and people were, were, were happy to talk to me and it like it made me feel good you know what I mean yeah. it made me feel brilliant but like over the past few months there's been a few people that I know even like my mum's cousin uh, John he hung himself, lad, and he's got two oh, yeah. young kids. Like, I'm really sorry to it, hear that, mate. It's All crazy right. what's going on in the world, and people think that, you know, it's it's mad. People think it's easier to kill yourself than it is to go and speak to someone who, you know. Mm. Like, I always say to people who get on me and speak to me, and they say, oh, you've helped me get through this. I always say to them, lad, people would rather you talk to them about your problems than be stood at your funeral crying their eyes out. Yeah. You, you need to speak to someone about it, someone close to you. You need to let them know because they'll give you that support net that you need. Uh, like, any of my mates need any support like that. I'm always there for them, just like I know my mates will be there for me. It's it's just something that, like, men need to talk more. Women yeah. are different. You know, women will sit there and talk about anything, lad. They'll sit there and talk about anything all day long, lad. They'll tell each other all the problems, but we'll sit there and talk about footy and fighting and yeah. stuff what's on the telly. You know what I mean? We won't sit there and talk about our actual feelings. And it's that stigma around men what needs sorting. And that's something that I I wanna help sort out. Cause a lot of people look at me and think, Oh, he's a fighter, he's a tough guy, he shouldn't he shouldn't feel like that. He shouldn't but I do. I feel like that all the time, sometimes. Like especially after I've lost fights and stuff around me is going wrong all the time. Like, that when that Gianetti fight, that was meant to happen. Obviously, I hadn't fought for over a year, and then that happened, and I thought, oh, my God, this is just not meant to be. And then again, I was meant to fight in the March. Covid had come about. My opponent pull, got pulled out on nine days' notice because Italy went into lockdown. I was sitting in my room again, just like, this is not meant to be, crying my eyes out. And then again, a couple of months ago, when I got told you've got to have another hand surgery on my good hand, It's like, what's going on here? But I've come through the tunnel at the other side, and I feel on top of the world now. Like, you've got to, I think in life now, I've realised that you've got to go as low as you can go to be getting up to as high as you can get. And I'm going to break through the fucking ceiling, lad, trust me.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: are you, you gonna do, do that mate because you're frying yourself out of an airplane <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean in regards to that paddy is there like is it a sponsor thing can if we can we share the link and get it out there yeah and get yeah people I've, got sponsoring? A, I've
3: got i've got the link in my bio on a oh, on a instagram you know yeah, it's a really. uh, men matter organisation it's it's a big it's a big thing it's a nice cause and it's like I say it's close to my heart um, in Liverpool there's been quite a few people who are not even much older than me and around my age killing themselves and it's just it's sad to see because you know I, I lost two uncles when I was younger and it, it killed me now. you know what I mean like, they never killed themselves know what I mean but just a mother should never have to bury the son. Yeah. Ever. It just should not work like that. So I, I know that it's it's not just killing men; it's killing families and it's killing mothers and fathers. And it, it just it, the stigma around it needs sorting. Men just need to speak more. Like I say, as soon as I spoke and got it off my chest, that saying "just get it off your chest" is it's real. It's so real. Well, we'll definitely
2: try and help you out as much as possible on the socials of all that, mate. I think you're doing a fantastic you, thing there. And that's Absolutely. one of the things that we want to do with this as well. Is, you know, we, I, I hate this kind of misconception of mixed martial arts being this kind of barbaric sport full of brutes. No, it's just real people that are kind of martial artists doing this amazing sport. Yes, it, it can be brutal at times, but the people in it aren't brutes. They are just good, genuine people trying to, do good in the world and, and I think you're doing a fantastic thing mate well done
0: yeah
3: that's it lad. We're, we're normal men that's what we are we're normal men who've just got a drive to do something and like as you say people think MMA's barbaric lad it's so technical and there's yeah. so many different details involved like people look up used to look at boxing as a barbaric but now everyone thinks it's technical and it's all yeah. this and that lad, we have science. to do like boxing and four or five other sports yeah and
1: cram it all in and people think ours oh, is bad. oh that's yeah. crazy i mean that is well, one f- go on Stu, you go Well, no I, i'm just i'm just interested what whilst we're talking about sort of uh, you know mental strength and and, and 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 dealing with you know difficulties i'm always fascinated to know how you how you deal with the thought of walking out into an arena in liverpool knowing that there's a weight of responsibility or no weight of expectation from from the fans they're all waiting to see you do your thing and i mean i presume you train for an extra round just for your fucking ring walk (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, well to be honest um like that's one of the reasons why i like I said I went into that fight with a broken hand against back it can work good and bad because when I fought back I shouldn't have done that fight my hand was still terrible and I'd done it just because it was in front of my home city if that was in a different city I wouldn't have done it but everyone that was buying tickets was coming to watch me everyone was coming to watch me and the whole show rested on my shoulders so in that sense it works in a bad way because it didn't pull out for that reason and ended up losing a 5-5 five, 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 five fight 5-5 five, five minute round fight hmm. but then at the same time it's unbelievable like yeah. walking out in that crowd and the crowd going bananas is unbelievable like you don't understand it it's, as I always say it on podcasts and stuff Vegas, New York give me Liverpool any day. I'm going to sell Anfield out in the coming years, and that is going to be special. That is going to be where it's happening when I sell Anfield out.
1: In regards to, uh, I mean, well, let's 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 take it back a little bit. So I, I just want to because we're seeing British MMA now. You know, it's, it's on the world pla- You know, it's on the world stage now, and you know, we've got world champs, and it's 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 becoming. It's one of the fastest ground sports, if not the fastest ground sport on the planet. Um And I just want to know. Blake touched on something earlier about not not being very good with confrontation, and so I, I wonder, like, what got you into it? Was there a moment, you know, was you a scrapper, or was you just somebody that learnt a combat sport? And like, how, how, what was your sort of way into it? First of all, um, well, I wasn't really a scrapper, not know what I mean. It's me, me
3: and my brother used to fight all the time when we was little. I was he's five years older than me, so. I could take a beating from a young age. Um, <laughs> I had I had a few fights in year seven, lad. That was about it. But I always used to headlock people, so it it, it ended up coming full circle because I watched the I watched the um, Diego Sanchez versus Clay Reader. That was one of the first MMA fights I watched, and I was like, "This is brilliant. This is boss!" A lad who I know who lives around the corner, Kyle Wilson, who's in a band now, funnily enough got his own band the Sonder he introduced me to MMA and then the first live event I watched was Rich Franklin versus Beto Belfort oh. and um, obviously Belfort knocked him out dead quick and again I was like "That this is unbelievable I went for a jog at half six in the morning after that finished and um, two weeks later 20th of January 2010 I know the date I went to Next Generation and um, I walked in and I, I was just like I got called a natto straight away when it comes to jujitsu. You know yeah. what I mean? I was I'm flexible. Um I'm i like I'm very bendy. I can get me my legs and my, into positions most of the people I can't. And then like for I was only small. I was only like fifty five kilo when I first joined. But I could use my weight as well. Uh, I was good on top of people as well as on the bottom. So at first I got into the jiu-jitsu and I started winning a few comps. And then I was doing my striking as well. And I ended up getting extended study leave in school. And I was in the in the morning classes in the gym for about a week. And one of the one of the lads Adam pulled out of his fight. And um, he pulled out of a fight against a, a lad called keaton O'Brien, who was twenty four at the time, I was sixteen. And um like Paul said to me, Do you wanna take this fight? And I was like, Yeah, therefore, I'll take this fight, hundred <laughs> percent. And he went, say Sam, come in and do rounds on Friday. So I went in the gym, done the rounds, and he said, Do you want to take the fight? And he previously beat another one of the lads from the gym, Matty. So it who was a bit older than me. So like, everyone thought I was I was gonna get beat. Know what I, mean? I was only sixteen, this fellow was twenty-four. And I just went in and wrestled him. I just put him on his back, stayed on top of him, and I won the fight by decision. And then it just it just went from there. You know what I mean? I had I had nine amateur fights in a year. And I won every single one of them. Um, I got a reputation as the best amateur at my weight in the country. And then there was no amateur fights left for me. So I went pro at 17. Uh, Went 3-0, nice and quick, and got signs of cage warriors at the age of 18. And again, in my cage warriors debut, I fought someone who was like 30-something. His name was Callum Florian. He was a wrestler. And he'd sparred one of the better lads from our gym a couple of months before and done a number on him. And everyone in the MMA world was like, oh, this young lad's going to get beat up by this Callum And again, done three fires with him and it was around each going into the third and I swept them and got on top and took us back and punched them until the end of the fight and I won that one by decision. And from then on, it just it just went on from there. You know what I mean? I was, I was the young kid who was on the scene and I started getting called a prospect from that moment on.
2: So you, you mentioned a couple of like big names already in like Vitor Belfort and Rich Franklin and stuff. Do do you have anyone that either when you were younger or whatever that you, you looked up to and wanted to maybe emulate them a little bit? Because when I look at your, I mean, again, I'm speaking from an uneducated position as like a couch fan. I don't know the technicalities (laughs) of it all, but you just seem like there's this weird merging of like it being quite chaotic and yet really technical. Like When I'm seeing you kind of strike and then jump into a, like a flying triangle or something like that, I'm like, <laughs> it's like a Tasmanian devil's just gone in there, but this Tasmanian <laughs> devil really knows his stuff and he's really technical. I, just, I don't know what's going on. But it's so exciting to watch. Like, was there anyone that you went, oh, I want to be a bit like him, or I want to take a bit of that person's game with a bit of that person's game, or anything like that?
3: Well, there was, there was one person that when I was younger I looked up to, and it was Big Nog, um, Minotaro right. Nogera. Yeah, Just because he could take a beating off anybody and he'd just keep going and keep going and he'd catch you in a submission or he'd, he'd, he'd catch you with something. That's what I like to think I'm like. like I'll never quit. I'll never stop. You'll have to put me asleep or snap yeah. me arm if you want to beat me. You know what I mean? Like, I think my biggest uh, attribute is my heart and my desire. Like, I, I won't stop. It's that simple. You can put me in as many bad positions as you want, but I'll keep going and I'll keep going and I'll keep going. And that's where that's where I think I got from big nog, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I do. He, he's probably the way people say heroes and stuff, he's like when I was younger, he's who I used to watch all the time and I, I used to like wanna be like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But obviously now as I've got older that I have I've got my own style. Um no one's the break like, that my last fight Against Becky Dalton, I wanted to showcase me new striking, but I couldn't because he well he he threw a kick, he ended up falling over, and that was it. Know what I mean? I was on top of him, yeah. and the fight the fight was over two minutes later. But again, I've leveled up so much over the past year to a point where I, I am a different fighter again, and I'm going to show that next week when I fight. People are going to get a, a, an absolute shock when I come out there and start laying hands and kicks and knees and elbows on this poor bastard.
1: And the thing is, as well, there'll be a lot of people watching that, Paddy, because you, you touched on like you know one of your biggest attributes is your heart. You also touched upon the fact that, you know, at a very young age, you was a prospect. There's lots of prospects at a young age and, and lots of them have, you know, successful careers. You've done that, but you've also done the thing that's the really difficult thing, you've become a fan favourite. You've got a following that most fighters would give their right arm for. And like, what do you put that down to a kind of, a bit of everything that maybe I've just mentioned there? Like, what, why do you think that everybody has just got behind you and loves you as a fighter?
3: Um, that's, well, to be honest, I'm like my arm, Like, I always say, you either love me or you hate me, but you watch me fight. mean, yeah. um, a lot of people don't like me just because of how brash I am and the way I am, but I'm not one of them who puts on an act. Everything you see with me is what you get. You see me on a camera, I'm the exact same in the gym, you know what I mean, or on the street, or anything like that. That This is just me. I don't like people who put personas on and act like something different for the camera. That irritates me. I think they're fake bastards. But, like what you see is what you get with me, the charisma and everything. That's just the way I am in everyday life. I can't help it. Uh, And my personality just draws people to me. Exactly like I said before, whether some people hate me and some people love me, but no matter what, they all want to see me fight. Whether you want to see me win or you want to see me get knocked out, everyone tunes in when I fight. You know what I mean? Like, when you watch a Cage Warriors show, like when I fought in the Echo Arena, when I won the belt, I was co-main event and everyone's like all my family and my mates were like glad you should have seen it after you walked off it was like the board had just been put up at Anfield everyone was just walking out you what I mean wow. people weren't staying for the main events. people were just getting off my brother was like glad I was still in the arena sparking a biff the lad because everyone was just walking out
1: which is <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant
2: so Stu brings up like this amazing following you have and uh, you know I suppose, in some ways as well, you kind of, you slightly have to cultivate that on on social media a little bit. And I, I I'm not a fan of Twitter. I, I, I we, we had Brad Brad Pickett on the other week, and it, you know we we both had a little chat about you know the the way that Twitter has kind of made the world. Effectively, we're trying to put the world to rights and talk about the negativities of Twitter. You seem to really hit back at the haters on Twitter. You don't just kind of. But like I, I personally would just go, oh, I'm just going to press the mute button on you because you're an idiot and I don't want to engage. But you seem to really go back at them. Like, What is it that makes you go, no, I'm actually going to come back at you for that rather than just kind of discarding them as idiots? I
3: think it's just because of the city I'm from, lad. Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> we don't let anyone say anything to us. You've got to say something back. You know what I mean? If someone said something to me on the street here, I'd turn around and go, what? You're divvy. And, like, yeah. I, I feel the same way on Twitter. I, I shouldn't to most of them, especially troll accounts where I they know they're fake and they're just absolutely talking pony. They're not They're not saying anything with substance. They're just trying to warm me up. Most of the time, I should just blank them and block them, but I don't block anyone. I feel like I've lost if I block someone. Right. You know what I mean, like, yeah. I have to give back, even when it is a fake account. And most of the time I do well, as you know, most of the time I'll put yeah. them in there. But, Twitter is, like, it's an annoying one, Twitter, because, there's that many troll accounts, and fake accounts, and, yeah. like, in a petition the other day, I shared it myself, a petition to, um, you have to have, like, your ID, on your Twitter account. Yep. Yeah. Like, I think that's a perfect idea, like an ID, or, I agree, a bank, a bank card, on your Twitter account, because, there's that many idiots, what make accounts nowadays, and, they just spout hate, and they just yep. want to bring people down. And that brings us back to the men matter thing before. Yep. Like, People do actually get very affected by stuff people say on social media, and other people say, oh, no, it's only social media. Social media is still real life. You're still mm-hmm. saying something to someone. People think now because you're behind the keyboard, it's not real. It is. If you say something about my family to me behind the keyboard and I bump into you, I'll still punch your face in. Just because it's behind the keyboard, it doesn't make a difference. Like if you if you haven't got the balls to say it's someone's face in person, don't put it on Twitter.
1: Simple as that. Simple, yeah.
3: simple as, as that. that.
2: Yeah, I I feel like I I need to point out as well that most of the people that did grow up in Peckham where I grew up would give it back, but I was too busy as a teenager just playing like Star Wars role play games, <laughs> uh, you know, and not really going outside much. I was a very, very pale, child, for not getting any vitamin D because I was too busy yeah, playing we, playing we Xbox.
3: Grew up, we grew, we grew up on Call of Duty Four and Call of Duty on <laughs> Warfare, lad. We was always beefing in lobbies.
0: Ah, what were you
3: the ah, lad just arguing.
1: So, looking uh, ahead to the to the scrap, like, uh, how you feeling? Everything good?
3: Yeah, lad. Everything's brilliant. I've had a brilliant fight camp. Know what I mean? Um, A brilliant fight camp, though. Like, my S&C's been on point, my nutrition, all my sparring, all my sessions. Like I said, where I haven't fought in a year, even though I've had surgery, I've I've levelled up so much. Uh, For a couple of months, I couldn't grapple because of my hand, so all I've done was box. And my boxing's just come on tenfold. Um, I've been training with my boxing coach, Chris Williams, in his new gym, the no-name gym lad, with... um, brandon dayard and liam moon who are two up-and-coming pros who are going to do big things and just being our professional boxers every day and seeing their mannerisms what they do when they train it's it's a different it's a different sense to uh mma gym you know what i mean it's it's just different. i I can't really put me put my finger on it it's just different you know what i mean and then i was being going to boxing gyms like the solly Spad and stuff like that and it's just difference. you And I've felt my boxing come on so much and me striking and my footwork. And I, like I say, I can't wait to put on a show for everyone. Like Everyone just thinks I'm a grappler and that I've got no striking. And everyone's going to see a completely different version of me next week. And I'm going to sign off from Cage Warriors on a masterpiece. It's going to be a uh, Vincent Van Gogh-esque.
1: And not one not of the sort of look... Past your opponent um, next weekend. What 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 is the sort of the bigger picture? Where where are you looking, Paddy?
3: I'm gonna be one of the biggest stars in the world. I, I am. It's me. I know it's me destiny. Know what I mean? I I always put a post up that if people don't laugh at your dreams, then they're not big enough. Know what I mean? Like, I put that up the other week and Someone a troll account, a troll account on yeah. Twitter, messaged me back with laughing faces saying, "Okay, mate." So we just shared that again and put this is exactly what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? If people don't laugh at what you're saying you're gonna do in life, then that you're not dreaming big enough. And lads, I'm my plan is to emulate Conor McGregor, do what he's done. You know what I mean? That that is the plan. That is what I'm gonna do. But I'm gonna have more longevity in the sport. I'll be do I'll be continue to fight and fight and fight.
2: I'm really glad to hear that everything's going well with this training camp as well because I did see, I think you said, post the Julian Erosa fight, if I'm getting that one right, that you cut 18 pounds overnight for that fight. I don't know yeah how is that humanly possible because i said this to Stu earlier and he was like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) and i I talked to my wife as well because you know yeah well we're like oh we have a little workout but then we'll have a chinese and we you know eat the cupcakes and all this stuff and then we'll look and we'll go oh i could look a bit better and all this stuff and then i'll say this fighter just cut 18 pounds overnight we're like how is that humanly possible (laughs) and and also like to do something like that must have had an effect on you either during the fight or just after the fight, because that, that just sounds insane, 18 pounds
3: overnight. I've I've done a few ridiculous cuts, to be honest. When I won the belt, I cut seven and a half key overnight. When I fought Julian Rosa, I found out about that fight four weeks before it, when I was in a cave rave in Wales. My um, <laughs> mate rang me, he was watching Cage Warriors, are oh, you fighting this kid off the ultimate Fighter?" I was like, oh, am I? Yeah. So and I was weighing at the time I was weighing 86 k and I had to make sixty six um i got i remember the week the week of that fight I woke up seventy eight kilo on the Monday and I had to weigh sixty six and then the day before the weighing I woke up at seventy four kilo and I had to weigh obviously sixty five point eight the next day like that that one I was getting pulled in and out the sauna by my coach like I couldn't like physically Pick myself up. I was getting pulled in and out of a sauna. Um, and was that the technique? It's it's it's
2: all in the sauna? Was there
3: anything else? Because no, it just sounds bats. mad to me. It was hot, bats, but uh, I didn't make weight on time. So we had to go to a sauna with the two hours that we had left. Yes, yeah. So where Gianetti wouldn't go and get in a sauna for two hours, I went and got in a yeah. sauna for two hours and made weight. Um, and then that was the worst one. I, I was, as you know, I vomited in the cage after that fight. Where my body just like the last two rounds of that fight I just survived. I won the first three rounds. And then in between the third and the fourth, I turned to Paul and I was just like, listen, I can't feel my body. Like my arms are dead. I had to just survive for two rounds. And then I fought Nad Naramani a couple of months later. And as I said, at then around that time I was twenty one, twenty two, I was so unprofessional. I was going out partying to, to like Saturday, Sunday, having like three hours kip and going to the gym and training on Monday morning. I was just eating shit my diet would only start like five six weeks out. um when I done that nad mattermani fight, I cut seven point seven kilo overnight and um like that time when I was dry I went and got a DEXA scan in the university and uh, I didn't find out the results till a few months later, but if I would have cut another zero point two kilo that day I would have had kidney failure. Oh my god! And hell. I had the testosterone in my body of a twelve-year-old boy. And that's
2: what I have normally,
3: to be fair. But you know. <laughs> the next, the that's normal night, for me. The next night, I had done twenty-five minute fights. I went five-five minute rounds. Wow! Like I ended up with gastroenteritis and all that off that weight cut. You wanted Jesus. to smell? You wanted to smell me bare, clad in the changing rooms before the fourth. <laughs> just smelt like egg it was disgusting lad. people were going to me if you just farted I'm like no lad that's a bit oh like, man uh, I, I have do you think that
2: was done. a big do you think that was a big learning a uh, like big lesson for you that like since then you're like well now I yeah. definitely know I need to do it this way
3: yeah I had a couple of health scares because of it know what I mean I had to like pull out of other fights and stuff where I had health scares because of them weight cuts so like I've like I've said in before I've done so much growing up over the past few years like now now I'm fighting at the weight above and I woke up this morning 74.2 kilo where like I've still got five days to make weight I've got four key to lose and when I woke up the morning before the Julia Rosa fight the morning before I was 8 kilo overweight wow I woke up I woke up the same weight as I did this morning but the day before, when I fought Junior Rosa, and that was ten pounds lighter the weight the weight division.
2: That's nuts. Hell. I'm I'm glad you brought up the uh, the throwing up because when you like start googling Paddy Pimblet, one video that comes up says, yeah. "Oh, cage fighter throws up blood after fight." But then when you do a little bit of digging. You see see something about no uh, thank you you see uh, like a quote or something from you saying thanks very much for the concern but it wasn't blood it was hot chocolate and ferrero rocher is that is that accurate
3: <laughs> just just shows how unprofessional i was doesn't it? <laughs> literally if I'd your
2: family's I'd... anything like mine i you'd be getting cases of ferrero rocher sent to you constantly I'd... now
3: 8, 8.4 kilo overnight and then before the coach left to go to the BT Sports venue, me and Adam Vencey went to Starbucks. And I don't like coffee, You know what I mean? He, he got, he was, I don't, I, I, was just going for a walk, and I ended up going, oh, I'm at chocolate? I get not chocolate. <laughs> and obviously, we walked past the Tesco, and I got a few Ferrero Rocher, and I shouldn't have, know what I mean? This was at like say five, six o'clock, and I thought at about half nine, ten. Oh my god! (laughs) It just shows how much of a fucking idiot I was. I mean, Adam said to me, "What are you doing? Don't do that." And I just didn't. At the time, I didn't listen to anyone. What I mean, I knew best. No one could Um. tell me any difference. I was the world champion. I was twenty-one. I'd got where I was because of me at that time. You didn't realize that it was everyone around me where I got to where I am. And listening to them had helped me. Like I was just, no, no, I'm right. I can do this. It's me. It's up to me. You know what I mean? It's my life. It's my decisions. And that's where I made up that when the UFC originally offered me to sign, I never took it because I was just reckless and stupid. And I would have ended up getting beat up by some fully grown man in the UFC after fucking eating four whisper golds two hours before the (laughs) four.
2: Was that part of that decision making? Because in a weird way, that's an incredibly clever thing for a young man to think, do you know what? this amazing opportunity has come in for me, but I in myself know that I'm not mature enough for it yet. That's an incredibly clever thing, forward-thinking thing to think. Well,
3: it it wasn't just that, to be honest. It was like my coach, obviously, and my dad and stuff, but Cade Warriors come in with a spectacular offer. You know what I mean? Like They did. They come in with a brilliant offer where it was too good to turn down. So I took that. That was another reason. Like Obviously, there was the fact that I was very young to go to the UFC. I was twenty-one years of age. I've literally only just become a man over the past year or two and grew into my body. Like back then I was a skinny little whippet. Like, I didn't even do any strength and conditioning then when I won the belt. When I won the belt, I just done MMA training. That's all I've done. I've never done any sort of standing conditioning or looked after me nutrition as you know. <laughs> so like it was a very good very good decision in hindsight now i know when i do sign like like i say i think i'm going to win this fight in the first round get a spectacular finish and i'll sign for the ufc and it will have helped me tenfold the fact that i never went when i got offered originally and i'm going to make a statement when i do land in the ufc know what i mean one interview lad one interview and everybody will know paddy the baddy you'll love me or you'll hate me off the first interview but you'll want to see
1: me fight um, i'm sure I, I don't doubt that at all mate yeah. i don't doubt that at all we're, we're, we're on the paddy train already mate we're, we're, we're all over it mate <laughs> i mean um l- looking ahead like you know uh, if people want to kind of keep up to speed but i'm just mindful that we're fast approaching the hour mark now we, we don't want to sort of take up too much of your time if people want to kind of keep up to speed with everything that's happening in the world of Paddy, where's the, the, the best place for people to sort of keep up to speed with what you're up to, mate? Um,
3: Instagram, to be honest, Instagram, um, at Paddy the Paddy, I have a Facebook page as well, but Facebook's dying out, as everyone knows, yeah. um, and Twitter, but, if you go on Twitter, you'll probably just see me having it with people. Arguing.
2: <laughs> well, to all the trolls out there, just go to Paddy on Twitter. He he loves
3: a troll. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll put any troll in the place. <laughs> I'm always active on my Instagram. Know what I mean? I'm 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 always active on it. Anyone that wants to see a lot of lovely food after a force, get on my Instagram. You know, as I, I've got I've got cookie pies, donuts, cake. <laughs> all they're all coming after me. Fight. The week after me we five, I have a food... He's on my story. <laughs> that sounds awesome, man.
1: Paddy, I firstly, thank you so much for your time. You look, like, more than been, welcome, uh, man.
3: More than welcome. When I get signed, lad, you just want me back on. Don't you worry, I'll be back.
1: Oh, you're oh, a legend, mate.
3: mate.
1: Absolute legend, uh,
2: mate. Any fans out there, it's uh, Paddy the Baddy fighting David Martinez at Cage Warriors 122 on March 20th, if that's correct, isn't it?
1: Yeah, a year
3: to the day of my last fight
1: perfect come
3: full circle the first round finish live on UFC Fight Pass
1: can't wait to see it mate can't wait to see it Paddy thank you so much my friend all the best Paddy you're more than welcome thank you very much
3: for having me on I appreciate it no it's our pleasure mate thank you Christy.
2: well that was brilliant yeah. What a ca- I-, I absolutely loved that chat. I loved, you know, he's such, so, such a charismatic guy. He's a fantastic fighter as well. He's someone I've been really excited about getting on the show for ages. But also, I loved hearing him talk about mental health and the problems that he'd had and sadly some of the problems that the people uh, around him, family and friends have had as well, but what he's doing to to help with that and, and I, I found that absolutely fascinating and um, and I think he just seems like a really
1: good guy as well. I, I loved it. 100%. Really inspiring that he showed the same passion that he does when he talks fighting to talking about the validity of, of, of men. Talking to each other and reaching out, and the fact that yeah. he's like went on social media and said, you know, message me, like you know, yeah. if you if you got, you know, I mean, that's that's going above and beyond, and like, and it's people like yeah. that that you know just bring so much more credibility and and soul to to, to MMA, and I think it's yeah, full credit to him, like a absolute top fella, and yeah, can't wait to to see uh, to see the scrap at the weekend.
2: Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Um, uh, I I didn't want to say it to him because I felt bad, but I, I don't actually have a UFC fight pass uh, thing. So I'm hoping I can find it elsewhere. No illegal streams. I don't want Dana White or anyone else after me with after the illegal <laughs> streams or anything, but, uh, but I, will t- I hope, I hope there is a way of me getting hold of it. But um yeah, what a great guy. So, Cage Warriors 122, if you do have Fight Pass, uh, this weekend, uh, March 20th, and uh, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing him fight, and I really, really hope he wins. Is that some fighters just really, I know we've just chatted to him, so I'm slightly biased, but it's some fighters just just grab you, and you yeah. just go, oh, there's something about this guy, I want to see that person succeed. Mm. And Paddy is that for me. I I I I, I love watching his fighting style. It's chaos, but brilliant technical chaos. And. and he's a character he's a proper character it might help that he looks like a a friend of mine friend of ours really Uh, that we we won't mention (laughs) good old James Buckley aka Jay Cartwright from the Inbetweeners again I didn't want to say that to him a part of me thought oh I don't want to insult him but then I thought oh that's really horrible that I think that's an insult
1: (laughs) I love uh, the fact on everyone we've done so far there's been an Inbetweeners joke that's jumping at you but you don't do it no I've bottled it Brad Pickett and a bucket load of Lego I just thought come on
2: no no you bottled that as well to be fair but um yeah no but it's it's a a decent weekend coming up we got Cage Warriors but also there is the uh the UFC card: Kevin Holland against Derek Brunson. And if you've listened to earlier episodes of this show, you know I'm a fan
1: of Big Mouth. Kevin Holland, I think he's going to be very exciting. Absolutely. Um, just before we wrap things, just thank you very much for listening. Uh, thanks once again to to Paddy. Uh, the best thing you can do regarding this podcast is just subscribe because it's sporadic. Sometimes we'll put out a couple in a week. Sometimes we put out a couple. You know, one every couple of weeks. It's uh, it's it's a bit haphazard whenever we get the content that's good and ready for you then we'll put it out so if you subscribe you don't have to go looking for it it will just pop up on your listening device and we're on all the socials right
2: we are on the socials we're on twitter we're on instagram we're on facebook uh the mma fan podcast
1: Mm, go check it